Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm Carrick Butler, the pastor of Faith Christian Center. Thanks for tuning in today. We believe today's message is going to help you live this lifestyle of faith. It's going to empower you to live a life that makes Jesus famous wherever you go. Open up your heart. We know God has something special just for you. And we believe that as you listen to today's message, something good is going to happen to you. So listen up. I'll talk to you today at the end of our broadcast. Well, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. As you heard from our some of our pre-experienced team earlier that we are concluding our Church in the Wild series. It's been our vision series. We've been walking through the Word of God to understand what is a church and what is a church supposed to do in these days. And, you know, they, are, can, they can be described as wild days, but we're called to be the church for such a time as this. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so as we just do a little bit of review, when we look at the phrase for not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, when we talk about the assembling of ourselves together, it comes from the Greek word episunagage, which is for assembling or gathering together. You don't have to be a Greek scholar to hear, in that word is the word synagogue. And synagogues appear to have been first introduced during the Babylonian exile, when the people were deprived of their usual rites of worship and were accustomed to assemble on the Sabbath to hear portions of the law read and expounded. After their return from exile, the same custom was continued when they returned to Israel. To recap, the term synagogue was developed in a time when the Jews could not meet as they were accustomed to, yet still endeavored to gather together. So in the history of this word is innovation. Someone say innovation. And the things even before we started shelter in place, I was preaching on innovation. One of the things the Lord let me to to share is that if you expect to receive restoration this year, you need to innovate. And so not only have we applied that to our personal lives, we've applied that to how we do church. The fact that we're able to reach so many people right now is because last year we made a decision to leave some old things in the past and innovate. And that's why we've been able to be effective during this season. And so innovation is needed. And we're gathering together whether you're in the room with me or you're watching all around the world. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. It's where we spent most of our time in this series. Matthew chapter 16. And I'm looking forward to sharing some exciting things that we're doing here. Because this is our vision series, and I have some vision updates to share with you in just a few moments. Matthew 16. We're going to look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said unto them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Anointed One, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say also unto you that you are Peter, which means small rock, but upon this rock, this rock here is a foundational rock, so a large rock. 
I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So one thing you can count on in this world, even in these wild times, is Jesus will build his church. And he promised that this church, this church, hell cannot prevail against it. And so the word church here, as we covered, is the word ecclesia in the Greek. This was not a religious term. It can refer to citizens called to, to gather for civic purposes, to gather for a legislative purposes. It was used to refer to soldiers called to, out to gather for military purposes. And ecclesia was simply a gathering or assembly of people called out for a specific purpose. Ecclesia never referred to a specific place, only a specific gathering. Jesus' audience may have been familiar with this term from another context as well. The Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, describes the ancient Israelites as an ecclesia. Interestingly, when the Hebrew people were scattered around the world, they were still known collectively as an ecclesia, an assembling, gathering, gathering community, and congregation. While dispersed, the people of Israel gathered in close-knit communities and established synagogues in both secular and sacred literature. Ecclesia always referred to a gathering of people united by a common identity and purpose. The believers gathered around a particular purpose founded on the revelation that Jesus is the anointed Son of God. We Faith, we have been called out for a specific purpose. We gather around a purpose, the vision God has given us. Our vision is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. That is what God has called us to do, and that is what we are actively doing and pursuing. And so when we look at this verse again, it says, The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Gates in biblical times, the gates of fortified cities were used to hold councils in and were places of great strength. So when it's talking about gates here, the gates of hell are hell's machinations, powers, policies, plots, strategies, strength, wisdom, censures, sentence. It's Satan's propaganda machine, his efforts of injustice, and the financial tactics of hell. All of those things will not prevail against the church. And one of the things we know from studying Mark chapter 4, five of the strategies of hell, we, they're listed in Mark chapter 4, which is affliction, persecution, cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. This word prevail here in the scripture means to overpower or to withhold. It means to overpower or to withhold. So in reading this scripture, many believers picture the hordes of hell attacking the church, flooding the church, but the church somehow managing to hold out, overcoming in the end. But when is the last time you saw some gates move? It's, this is not the picture in the Bible that I just described. What it's saying is that these gates cannot withhold the church. These gates cannot hold the church back. So the gates, the machinations, the powers, policies, plots, strategies, strength, censures, sentence, Satan's propaganda machine, his efforts of injustice, and his financial tactics are not able to hold back the church. The army of God that's marching forward with the mission of winning souls and snatching people from the grips of the kingdom of darkness. Another thing about this phrase, gates of hell, this, how it's pictured here is likened to a vast prison. And in this vast prison, there are people who are trapped inside who need what we have. 
that we are the light of the world, as we shared in the series. We are the salt of the earth. We are anointed. We have burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. We have the Word of God on the inside. We have the grace of God. We have the favor of God. And because we've been so equipped by God in this time, in this season, we have to go forward with the vision so much people can be saved and lives can be transformed forever so we can ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. So to fulfill this vision, we have to go forward. To take on the gates of hell, we have to move forward. So I wanna share with you a few vision updates. And so as many of you know, we have Faith Bible Institute. We call it FBI. Our Faith Bible Institute, or FBI, is a two-year course that is designed to strengthen your faith, equip you with practical biblical knowledge, and empower you to become who God has called you to be. FBI includes such courses as the Faith Lifestyle, Your Prayer Life Matters, The Spirit-Empowered Life, How to Study Your Bible, and more. Going forward, FBI will be online only and will only cost $50 a year. Going forward, FBI will only be online, and it will only cost $50 a year. The fall semester begins September 8th, and the deadline to enroll is August 12th. The fall semester for FBI begins September 8th, and the deadline to enroll is August 12th. And so one of the things that I shared before in this series is the future before our church is not just in person, we can finally all get together in the building. It's online and in person. It's not one or the other, it's both. And understanding that, that means we strive to improve both. So some of the things you're gonna see over the next few weeks and this month is an improvement to our online platform. You'll see different website updates. One of the ones you'll see is that you'll be able to go to our website, it's fccga.com live. Some of you are watching there right now. But soon you'll see updated where there's a platform where you'll be able to connect with our connection team. You'll be able to chat with others who are watching. It will enhance the experience. So some of you watch on Facebook right now. Some of you are on YouTube. Some of you are watching on Twitter. But this will be something that will be different for those who watch on the website. It'll be part of our updating the experience. Some of you have seen some new things we're already doing with the online experience, and we have already new things planned going to the future, continually upgrading how we minister online as well as in person so we can effectively fulfill the vision God has given us. Now, something else I want to encourage you to do is that there's a lot of people you're watching online. Some of you in the metro Atlanta area. Some of you are in other places in Georgia. Some of you are watching all around the world. But one of the things I want to encourage you to do we always encourage you to share the broadcast, but I want you to encourage you to start watch parties if you're watching on Facebook. There are some people who will join your watch party who may not join the normal Facebook stream. Some people watch, no comment, but other people will join watch parties. And I've seen different watch parties started by different members and people are commenting, oh, I'm so thankful that you shared it and started this watch party. And so if you're looking for ways to get the message out, to encourage people with this experience, Start a watch party, and others can watch along with you. Now, I want to share with you some Marietta updates. So this year, we began meeting and started our first satellite campus right in Marietta Square. 
and we've seen people saved. We've seen people healed. We've seen people filled with the Holy Ghost. We've only had three meetings in Marietta Square before we had to shelter in place. And so we had in the top of January, the top of February, the top of March. And then so in this time, of course, they've been able to watch online and we've been able to minister to people online. But when I was meeting with the Marietta team, we're talking about let's change our strategy. Because as of right now, we don't know when we're able to get back into that building specifically. We believe we'll be back there in the fall. But instead of just waiting for months to go by, let's innovate our strategy. And so when talking with the leadership and the person I put over the Faith Marietta uh, campus and what we're doing, we came up with a small group strategy. And so they've been running with that strategy and doing a tremendous job. So they started having these faith groups. And because it's limited, you know, how many people can gather together, they have multiple faith groups. And one of the faith groups have been ministering to people who are recovering narcotics. They're being delivered from that. They're in the STEP program, doing all the natural things to do. But we have been able to go and have faith groups with them. And so they started meeting on Pentecost Sunday. And since then, just a few weeks, since then, 12 people have been born again. Come on, praise God with me. 12 people have been saved. God is doing great things even in a time where a lot of us are still sheltering in place. And so we can go forward with that strategy, do even more things where Marietta's concerned, and then eventually when we go back into a building in Marietta Square, we'll share with you and let you know. But one of the things we also do concerning Marietta is on Sunday nights at 7 p.m., we have prayer, and we're specifically targeting that prayer time towards what we're doing in Marietta, because we know prayer is important. Every success first needs to be a prayer success first. And so if you want to join in that time of prayer, you can go to fccga.com live at 7 p.m. or on the Faith Plus app. You'll see there's a spot where it says Faith Christian Center Live. You can click that at 7 p.m. and join us in praying. You know, in just a few weeks, we've seen 12 people born again. I can imagine what God's going to do over the next few months. So join us in prayer. Amen. For this next vision update, I'm going to have First Lady come and help me. Babe, can you come help me? Of course. <laughs> and so a couple weeks ago, we were talking, I think I might have been making a smoothie or doing something in the kitchen, and we're talking about, you know, the different changes that have happened in our nation because of COVID-19 and how that's going to affect the education system. Yeah. And the uncertainty and about people going back to school in the fall, what does that look like for our kids? And we're having that discussion and, you know, the discussion kept growing and growing to the point where we are today, where we're excited to announce to you that yeah. this fall we are launching Faith Christian School. Hey. Can you tell them about it? Of course. Um, Faith Christian School is going to be a virtual school for the 2020-2021 school year. And I would like to just take a moment to just read our mission statement very, very briefly, if that's okay. The mission of Faith Christian School is to develop leaders who are led by the Holy Spirit through a whole person education. Faith Christian School is a place where students will be encouraged to dream big. We will partner with both parents, the local church, and educational institutions to provide the highest quality Christian education, preparing students for the realities of life and encouraging development of gifts and talents. So we are very excited about this school year. And if you are interested, we're going to ask that you sign up at FCCGA to receive more information. And we'll get in contact with you from there. But yes, God has done such 
a miraculous work in regards to Faith Christian School, and we are ready for everything that he has in store for all of us, especially our children in 2020. Yes, and so you see the link on the screen right now. You can go to that link and let us know if you're interested in your children being part of Faith Christian School, and also the school is accredited. Yes. But we'll send you more information <laughs> after you let us know you're interested by signing up at that link. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Thank you. <laughs> Next, now that's been a lot of vision updates, a lot of amazing and cool stuff are going on as we go forward in our vision. But I wanna share with you the different locations God has placed on my heart and cities we're praying over concerning next locations for faith campuses. You know, if some of you have been here around a year, we start talking about a certain number, and then, you know, it's 14, and then I just start saying 14 plus. And so I want to share with you different cities we're planning to open up campuses in. So starting with our Georgia locations, of course, our headquarters here in Austell, of course, Marietta, as I shared earlier, but we're also looking to go back and open up a campus in Fayetteville. Fayetteville is where this church started. It's also a place where I grew up and it's been on my heart for a while and we're making plans to open up a faith campus on the south side of town in the Fayetteville area. Also, Macon, Augusta, Athens, Dalton, Columbus, Albany, Valdosta, Savannah, Rome, and Carrollton. So let me give you those Georgia locations again. Of course, Austell here, our headquarters, Marietta, Fayetteville, Macon, Augusta, Athens, Dalton, Columbus, Albany, Valdosta, Savannah, Rome, Carrollton, and I didn't read this earlier, but also the Stone Mountain area. And I say area because I haven't pinpointed the exact city on the east side, but we're also gonna open up a campus on the east side of Atlanta. Our Tennessee location, Chattanooga. Our North Carolina location, Asheville. Our South Carolina locations, first one, Columbia. And some of you remember that in March, I went to minister in Columbia. Now, what I found out in January, that you know, we, had, we knew someone in Columbia who was watching all the time, but they started telling their neighbors and those who lived in the area to watch Faith as well. And they would gather together and watch the experience on the TV via online. And so there was a number of them gathering and they happened to be in town that says, Pastor, would you come minister to us in person? I said, I would love to. And so myself and uh, Brother Leon and Minister Dathan, we took a road trip and went to minister to them at the top of March, and we saw people saved. We saw people come back to God, and there's this group of people who are watching right now in Columbia, and I remember I was there last year, myself and Minister Reggie, and uh, other people went for a conference, and we were there, and, you know, he asked, uh, Minister Reggie asked me, well, is Columbia on your heart? I said, it is. I'm not sure when we're going to do it, but I'm open to do it. And I didn't even know there were already people gathering to be part of the faith family. And so Columbia, South Carolina is coming up. Also, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Now our Alabama locations, Auburn and Dothan. So as I shared, our future is both online and in person. 
Knowing this, we will utilize both in the opening and the operating of these locations. Knowing that the future before us is online and in person, we will utilize both in-person strategies and online strategies in the opening and the operating of these locations. We will be one church in many locations. One church in many locations. One faith family spread out through the southeastern United States. And so if you're watching in one of those areas right now, I want you to let me know. You know, I've seen it over the sheltering in place that people who are watching in these areas, you know, and the cities, and I would say, oh, they're watching this city, they're watching this city. So I'm gonna go over these cities again, and you'll see the text information on your screen, the link on your screen, how you can reach out, let me know. So if you're watching in Macon, Augusta, Athens, Dalton, Columbus, Albany, Valdosta, Savannah, Rome, Carrollton, the Stone Mountain area, Chattanooga, Asheville, Columbia, Hilton Head, Auburn, or Dothan, let us know. We already know some people who are in there in different cities and they're already praying us into these locations, but we want to know where else people are watching from. This is a big vision, but it's all going to come to pass. Amen? So knowing this is a big vision, how do we march forward to do this? Go with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. So of course, it's the day of Pentecost, and we looked at this a couple weeks ago. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. The 120 of the room have been filled with the Holy Ghost, with the Bible evidence of speaking other tongues. Thousands have gathered around, and Peter begins to preach unto them and explaining what's going on, explaining the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, how it was promised and it was prophesied. This is what Jesus said it would be. It was what's fulfilled from the prophet of Joel. And then this is verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promises unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words that he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. What an amazing altar call. Verse 42, and they continued steadfastly. So one of the things we're going to look at what's going to lead to their growth we see in verse 47 is what they continue steadfastly to do. This is what they continue in. This becomes their new habit. So they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So how do we march forward? We see number one here, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or the apostles' teaching. You know, it's very simple. That means they had to show up when the apostles taught. They couldn't continue in the teaching if they never showed up. You know, I've seen this meme before talking about shepherds because, you know, the Bible calls pastors shepherds. And, you know, it, when talking about shepherds and sheep, the sheep eat during feeding times. But if the sheep don't show up for feeding times, how can the sheep eat? If they're going to continue in this apostles' doctrine, they have to show up when the apostles teach. So number one, if we're going to march forward, we have to be part of the experience online or in person. And so, yes, your presence matters whether you're in the building or you're watching online. That if we want to march forward and do this, do this experience and do this vision, do what God has called us to do, you have to be part of the experience. 
So whether you're online, whether you're watching at 9 or 11.30 or 5, or you're watching a replay later, whether you come to our in-person experience, however, you have to be a part and continue in the teaching of the Word of God that we do here. And that's going to help us go forward in the vision God has given us. Notice what it says next. And fellowship. This word fellowship means partnership and community. This word fellowship means partnership and community. So number two, look for ways to partner and build community within your church. Look for ways to partner and build community within your church. See, some of you have skills that you didn't think, you know, could connect. But in this time, you said, hey, I'm working from home. I have this time where I can help do this. I can help do that. You can partner with what we're doing. You know, we're looking for more people who have more media skills, more photography skills, more social media skills to help us what we're doing. If you're one of those people, reach out to us. You see some information on your screen. Let us know. If you're a person who's a skilled writer, you write for marketing, you write for emails, you write during different things, and you would like to help us out, let us know. You have other gifts and talents you want us to let us know about. Let us know. It's partnering with us that even though you may not be serving in the physical building, you can still serve online and partner with us and do what God's called us to do and help us build community as well. And in the breaking of bread. So once again, community, building relationships. And so it's emphasized here again that under the leadership of the Holy Ghost, half of what the early church did was that they were building community. They were building relationships. And so one of the ways we do it, even in time of sheltering in place, we have faith groups that although people can't come to each other's houses, they may not be able to come to the building, we can still gather online via our virtual faith groups. And so one of the things is you do is you connect. Say, like, well, I'm good. I don't need any new relationships. But maybe somebody needs you. Maybe somebody needs to see you in that faith group. And so we have our faith groups. We have four different faith groups that operate right now, our men of faith our women of virtue, our four-life married couples, and our next-level singles. And I encourage you, get involved with the faith groups. You'll see different emails that go out to remind you it's faith group week and the faith group dates. Get involved with faith groups to help you build community and to help you strengthen your brothers and sisters. You know, as I said in you know, Hebrews 10, we're supposed to provoke one another to love and good works, and you can do it by building relationships that sustain accountability in these faith groups. So I encourage you, be a part of our faith groups. And look at ways to help new people feel connected to faith. One of the things I love when we're watching it, you can see it on Facebook, you know, someone will comment, hey, this is my first time watching, and everybody begins to welcome them and like their comment and show them love. That's what we do. So whatever platform you're watching on, someone says, I'm new, you show them love, you invite other people, you know, afterwards you connect them, you encourage them to go through the You Matter membership class. You want to help them feel welcome and help them become a part of the faith family and be connected. Next one, and in prayers. As we mentioned, prayer is important, but I want to show you a few things about prayer. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. So prayer was a very important. They continued steadfastly in prayer. Ephesians chapter 4. Excuse me, Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18. Praying always with all prayer. Another translation is all types of prayer. 
There are many types of prayer that operate different ways. Some people just pray and throw it up, hope it works. But you have to understand there are many types of prayer and rules of how those types of prayer operate. Just like you can't play basketball by baseball rules. There are different types of prayers that operate different ways. And we taught on prayer, and some of you do understand some of those principles. So praying always with all types of prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto. So be alert with all perseverance and endurance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So some of the things we see here, there's so many things we could jump into, but I'm only going to highlight on a few. We are to watch and pray. So stay alert, pay attention to things you should pray about. And so you pray for all saints, which means you also pray for your church family. So every single day, you should pray for your church family. What should you pray? You know some natural things you should pray for. You can pray over people's marriages in the church. You can pray over people who are raising kids. You can pray over people's financial situations. You can pray over people's physical health. You can pray that people have wisdom. You can pray that they have favor and open doors. You can pray that if they need jobs, they receive jobs. What are you doing? You're watching and you're praying. It's not just for the prayer warriors. It's not just for the pastor and the first lady and the ministers. It's all of us watching and praying together. So you should spend, if you want the vision to go forward, you need to pray for your church family. But also, he says, pray for me that utterance may be given unto me. And so Paul was not just dependent on his anointing and his gifting to preach. And I know he was a tremendous preacher and teacher. He was an apostle, prophet, and a teacher. It's a tremendous ministry gift. But you would see through almost all his letters, he was asking people to pray. And you see it multiple times, praying over the utterance. It's not just so he gives a good talk, but the message and the utterance that comes from him is exactly what thus saith the Holy Ghost. And when it goes out, it transforms lives and cuts swaths in the air from the kingdom of darkness. And so one of the things you do every day is pray for me, your pastor. Pray for the ministry team that teach and minister in this team. So you want to pray for the youth pastors. You want to pray for our kids' world leaders. You want to pray for all those who are teaching the gospel here at this church. Pray over the utterance. You pray that it's clear, that we speak as boldly as we should, that we say exactly what God wants us to say. And then if you're filled with the Spirit, you should take some time and pray in tongues over the utterance. You're going to say, Father, I pray over the utterance that pastor's supposed to share this week. And you pray in the Spirit, and not only will it cause your heart to be open to when it comes forth, it helps me preach it. And there'll be times I'll be preaching and teaching, and I'll say things I never planned to say, and it just comes out. And it's not from just my prayer and study time, but it's also because you, we connected together in prayer. Let's go to Colossians chapter 4. So pray over the utterance and the messages of the pastor and the ministry team. Colossians 4. And one of the things we're doing in the midweek right now, we're doing a verse-by-verse -verse study of the book of Colossians, so I encourage you to tune in on the midweek or watch the Faith Plus app. Colossians 4, verse 2, continue in prayer and watch in the same. So watch in prayer is another way of saying what he already said in Ephesians 6. With thanksgiving. So pray and thank God as you pray. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So one of the things we see praying for utterance, but one of the things you see throughout Paul's writings, the importance to Paul of an open door. 
to the fact that he would ask people to pray for an open door. And he would talk about how the Lord opened to him a door. So one of the things you want to pray for, yes, your pastor and your first lady, yes, the ministry team, yes, for the individuals of the church, but for a church as a whole that we have an open door of utterance. So if you're taking some time and you're praying over the cities, so what you begin to do is like, Father, I pray that you give faith an open door in Fayetteville. Father, I pray that you give faith an open door in Macon and Augusta and Athens and Dalton and Columbus and Albany and Valdosta and Savannah and Rome and Carrollton and Chattanooga and Asheville and Columbia and Hilton Head and Auburn and Dothan. Grant them a greater open door in Marietta and Austell. Grant them a wide door of utterance that they may speak forth the mystery of the gospel as bold as you are, they may decree and declare, well, thus saith the Holy Ghost, and none of their words will fall to the ground. You take time and pray like that every day, because as you do, the door widens. Another way to talk about a door is an opportunity. And one of the things I won't get into the biblical subject of doors, that sometimes people are doors. That there are people who have influence, that you would have never known they have the influence, but once they're born again, there are tons of people behind them who get saved. We see in the, in the book of Acts how this one person getting saved opened the door for so many others to get saved. But as you pray for an open door, God can direct the message exactly that needs to be directed to the right person that opens the door, not only for them and their family to get saved, but many others in that region, that area as well. But we must pray for open doors, and it's something we should pray for every single day. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. Well, verse 8 says, But I will tarry or I wait at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. So Paul described what he saw at Ephesus, Acts chapter 19, in our time to today. If you want to see what happened, go read Acts chapter 19. The great revival, the great awakening that happened there. Paul described it as an open door. You see Acts chapter 19 says miracles, signs, and wonders, unusually strong and special miracles, signs, and wonders were performed by the hand of Paul. You see many people get saved. Many people delivered from witchcraft and demonic arts. People burning the witchcraft and demonic arts they used to participate in. The whole city had shifted. There are people in leadership who have gotten saved. The people in leadership are supporting and wanting to help Paul. Although there was opposition for the enemy, God was moving in a mighty way, and Paul describes it as an open door. So you want to pray every day for the church as a collective whole, as us as individuals, for your pastor, for the ministry team to have open doors. And you praying that way will help the ministry go forward and the vision come to pass. So we are to pray as individuals in an individual prayer life but we're also to pray corporately. And so that's why we have the corporate times of prayer. That's why we have Wednesday over the phone, and we have the first Saturday of the month. That's why we have every Sunday praying for Marietta. And now on the second, third, and fourth Friday of the month, you can have, go to the website as well, fccga.com live, like some of you are watching right now, or on the app, Faith Christian Center Live, and join us in prayer as we pray. Prayer makes a difference. Not only is it communicating with God, it's partnering with God and causing his plan to manifest on the earth, and it's also holding back the plans of the enemy. So we're to pray as individuals, and we're to pray corporately. 
And a lot of you are used to coming into the building praying corporately, and we're not doing that right now. But that doesn't mean the power of prayer is lessened just because we gather together online. You just set your faith just like you would if you were in the building. And you begin to pray. And not just praying, oh, I got to pray. No, you begin to put your faith into it. And you're intentional. And you'll see the same results and even greater ones. So let's go back to Acts chapter 2. As we begin to bring this to a close. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Let's look at different ways we can move forward with the vision learning from this church in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. And fear or reverence came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. So what do we see here? They were extremely generous. They were a generous church. Now, it doesn't say they were communist, because that means the government would force them to do that. They were just prompted out of love to sell the extra things they have and be a blessing to others. So they were generous. So number five is generosity. Verse 46, and they continually, daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. What do we see here with this phrase singleness of heart? Unity. They refuse to allow division to take a place. You get to Acts chapter 6, you'll see when Satan tried to stop the growth of the church by bringing division, and the division he chose to bring was racial strife. So what we see going on right now is not new. It's one of the favorite tactics of the enemy. But if we want to go forward and fulfill the vision, we have to make a decision that we stand against division. We stand against strife. We choose to operate in unity, that we don't share. You know, it's like, oh, did you hear so-and-so in the church did this? Well, why are you sharing with me? Oh, you want to pray about it? Let's pray about it together. But you're not repeating bad information. You're not sharing gossip. Why? You're after unity. And so someone says, well, I don't know why a pastor made that decision. I don't know what this. Are they saying because we want to pray and we want to help? Or are they just saying because they just want to cause drama? So one of the things, you have to make a decision that drama doesn't come to your way. He says, nope, we're stopping right here. We're stopping gossip right here. We're stopping strife right here. We're stopping discord right here. We are going to operate in unity. See, God loves when brethren dwell together in unity for there, that's where he commands the blessing. It's like the anointing that flows, like it says from the Old Testament, from even from Aaron's beard, from the top of his head to his beard, even to the borders of his garments. So we have to make a decision to go after unity. Number seven, they were praising God. Praise is important. So in our praying, we should always take time to thank God and praise God. They were a grateful people, and they gave God glory. One of the things as I shared before, that in December, you know, I was on vacation, and, and one of the days I was on vacation, God gave me a dream concerning what was going to happen in 2020. And he was showing me some things that were going to happen for me personally. He was showing me something else for someone in my family. And then the next scene, I was in the church. We were in the lobby. And I was having a conversation with someone. And long story short, I saw what God did. And I knew that by the end of this year, it was going to be for us a year of transformation and a year of restoration. And I saw the whole church began to rejoice out of gratitude for what God did. And that is what we're going to see. Everything for us will be all right. Not just all right, it's going to be okay. God is going to make all right in our lives. Hold on to that word. It's still a year of transformation and is a year of restoration. 
And what we're going to see in this last part of the year is going to be good. Now notice what happened. They had favor with all the people. God granted them favor. We are people who walk in favor. You should declare the favor of God on your life every day. You hear me prayed over you during our benediction and our blessing, but you can lay hold to the favor of God in your life and walk in that favor every day. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. That's what we're going to see. We're going to follow the Spirit of God and do the things he tells us to do. And as he's already shared with us, we're going to keep on innovating. Keep on innovating. And we will see restoration as individuals, as a church family, as a nation. The Spirit of God, he's creative. And he's going to share his creativity with us. And we're going to follow him and walk by faith and innovate. So we have to be intentional if we want to fulfill the vision. So we have to be intentional about being part of the experience online and in person. Just because you may not be coming to the building doesn't mean you skip. We have to be intentional about looking for ways to partner and build community within the church. We have to be intentional about going to faith groups. We have to be intentional about praying. We have to be intentional in our generosity. We have to be intentional in pursuing unity. We have to be intentional in our praise and giving God glory. We have to be intentional if we want to fulfill the vision. Together, we can do it. This is the time for us to be the church. This is the time for us to expand, and that is what we're doing. I want to share with you some upcoming messages that we have. And so as we shared, you know, starting next week, we have our in-person gathering at 10 a.m. Now, people have already registered, and the registration is closed. Every week, we'll send out a new link for people to register if they want to come and gather. We have a certain mark that we limited so we can meet social distance requirements and making sure it's a safe and enjoyable experience for everyone. The series that we'll be teaching this summer in our in-person experience is called The God Spectrum. And it will be a family-like experience to the extent that myself, Minister Reggie, our youth pastor, and Minister Adre, our children's minister, will be ministering together the series, The God Spectrum. In this series, we'll share how God wants to share his beautiful light through us. Just like there's a light spectrum, there's a glorious array of colors God wants to share through us. It'll be a series where we walk through what is the fruit of the Spirit, what are the gifts of the Spirit, and what are the gifts that are listed in Romans 12 that we all have and can operate in. And so we're not going to stream that live. But if you're not here, we're also going to record that message and put it on the Faith Plus app later in the week. Now, for those of you who are staying at home and who will be watching online, our 9 a.m. and 11.30 and our 5 p.m. series will be a series called Faith Under Fire. So one of the things they'll teach you is how to use your faith under pressure. How to use your faith and overcome the strategies of the gates of hell that we shared about earlier. Also, in this series, it'll be an apologetic response to combat the philosophies that are seeking to draw people away from Jesus during this time. There are certain philosophical lies the enemy has been spreading and targeting people specifically during this last month of sheltering in place. And I'm going to teach on it to dismantle the lies so that you know why your faith is in Jesus and not in something else. So that's going to be on the Faith Under Fire series in our 9 a.m., 11.30, and 5 p.m. broadcast. But 10 a.m. in person will be the God Spectrum and all the series we will upload on the Faith Plus app. And so this is how we're going forward. 
and there are great things ahead of us, and we're going to do it together. Keep your faith turned on. Something good is going to happen to us. We expect miracles. God is doing amazing things, and we're going to do it together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the vision. I thank you for what you called us to do. I thank you for what we're doing here in Austell and Marietta and through Faith Plus. I thank you for what we're doing through all the new locations that we're going to open up. I thank you for what we're doing through Faith Bible Institute and Faith Christian School. I thank you for all the things you called us to do. And I thank you that our best is yet to come. Father, I pray that you reveal to each and every one of us this week and the weeks to come our individual part in this vision so that we can link arm in arm and go forward together. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we look at all the people whose lives have been touched on Faith Plus, and, you know, some, someone reminded me, was like, remember, you just started it this year. But because we started it, we're able to effectively minister to people at this time. And coming up, we have season two starting next month of Faith Plus. We have new broadcasters who are joining and other, they're anointed, filled with faith and sharing. We have some more kids programs that are coming, some more programs that are going to minister to different people. It is going to be on the Faith Plus app and streaming faith to this generation. Thanks for watching today. We hope today's message was a blessing to you that empowered you to make Jesus famous in every area of your life. Hey, if you want to be a part of what God's doing here at Faith, you know, our vision statement is to ignite an awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. And we'd love for you to be a part. You can find out our different experience times and our different locations by going to FCCGA.com. If you want to give, you can text FCCGA to 73256. You can also go to FCCGA.com to give online and be a part of what God's doing here. We'd love to see you anytime you're in our area. We believe God has something good just for you. And anytime you come to our faith experience, we believe you will experience God and his plan for your life. So thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next time.